welcome everybody to Not So Famous Achievers. Weekly conversations with some of the world's most amazing but not so famous achievers on what they did and how they did it and what you can learn from their journey. With your hosts, Will Christ and Robert White. Hey guys. Well, welcome to Conversations with the Not-So-Famous Achievers, and welcome today, Brian Salee. Brian, coming all the way from Tampa, Florida. Hello. It's a pleasure being here today. Great Good. to connect. So, so tell, us, tell us, Brian, you, you, uh, you talk about how you are helping companies disrupt industries. So talk about what that means. Disruptable is doing something that's slightly different. Um, you know, one of my friends describes me as a bit of a guy when there's a hole in the roof, everybody else is looking on top of the roof for how the leak is happening in the roof. And I'm the guy that's like climbing into the attic and looking up through the ceiling to see where the light comes through. Uh-huh. So to me, disruption, obviously, from an ethical and positive sense, is doing something just slightly different enough to make waves and make a ripple effect um, that ca- has a positive and often an exponential impact. Well, that, that's a you know that's that's pretty exciting to think about. Think in terms of incremental growth and disruption. How did you get into this kind of thinking? Great question. I think it goes all the way back to um, my map. So we're just chatting about my map behind me. So I was actually born and raised in a third world country. Uh, I was born and raised in Haiti. And uh, my mom originally did medical missions and I grew up there. And uh, I think it really shaped me as a person because I grew up without electricity. So I didn't have electricity. I didn't have running water. Um, in fact, uh, we moved around quite a bit. I've been to over 30 countries by the time I got out of college. And um, by the time I had access to the internet, uh, I was probably wired a little, little differently and what makes me a little bit weird and disruptive. <laughs> and so even on my friends today, people mentioned TV shows and things like, oh, did you have this growing up? I'm like, no, I didn't. You know, I was playing with tarantulas and, you know, figuring out how to push things around the yard, I guess, with, uh, without power. So that's how I got into it, um, and through a, through a series of events, uh, you know, I think I really cut my teeth on a uh, business that I started uh, back in 2007. And, and looking back, I actually started my one of my businesses during the recession of 2008, and I didn't realize how hard it was until after I'd gone through it. But that's one of the things that really shaped me. I got a you know a bit of an achievement out of it, but but frankly, candidly, I made a lot of mistakes, and uh, that's one thing that I carry forward to what I do today. All right, so here you are in the world of basically technology, right? Yes. So where do you see technology going in the next five to ten years? In the next five to ten years, so there, there's two answers. I mean, the, the first one is the you know the the sexy, interesting one is I think we're looking at cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, a lot of projects I'm involved with are are crypto, NFT, augmented reality, virtual reality. Um, you know, Oculus, um, very cool innovation around the metaverse and Web 3.0, all those fun buzzwords. The second answer I'll give is it's also fascinating to me how technology repeats itself. And I see these trends where, yes, there's a new cutting edge technology, 
but it could often be harnessed the same way that it was used in the 80s, the 90s, the early, the early 2000s. Like? Repeat themselves, right? So the, the computer, um, you know, was personal, or it was, it was personal, and then I went to mainframes and went to large computing instances, and then the, the 90s, it went back to Windows 95, and the computer is personal again. And then my last business that I started and sold was a cloud computing company which was ultimately 80s technology. Uh, but I made, you know, made seven figures in um, mid-2000s from the same, same approach. So. So, so when you help companies to innovate, what kinds of things do they need to know to be innovative in their world? Is it something they bring? Is it something you inspire in them? Is it a, a, a planning process? What, what brings about the innovation? Sure. Well, the, the way that I look at businesses is you've got uh, four main quadrants that, that compose a business. You've got marketing, you've got sales, you've got operation, operations and finance. By the way, I don't mean to leave out people. People is phenomenally important um, if you put that as a fifth area. But in terms of the core operations, uh, I like to think of people embedded in all four of those. Uh-huh. And what I've found through my life lessons is that if you are trying to move something heavy, you might be able to physically move an object that's pretty heavy just by pushing on, right? If you get a lever, if you get a stick or a lever or something, you can actually push that object and you can move something that's a lot heavier than you are. Well, there's a, a secret factor with levers that we all know, by the way, which is a fulcrum. I remember when I got my lawnmower stuck in the yard a couple of years ago, uh, which is, you know, I've got a, I don't know, I don't have a, a big lawnmower, but it's probably a thousand pounds, right? 500 pounds. I can't lift it. And my kids and wife were all looking at me like, how are you going to lift it? And what I did is I got a, you know, a two by four and I got a fulcrum and I was able to step on it. In fact, my three-year-old could step on that lever and lift up the mower out of the mud, right? So if you look at marketing operations, sales, and finance, to me, thinking disruptively is what is one thing that you can do in each quadrant where you can do something that's not being done today. You can apply the 80-20 rule. You can stand against the grain. You can do something that all of your competition isn't doing that would have a massive and exponential effect on that portion of your business. And that's a process that I love thinking through is if you do that, one time in marketing and you only get a hundred percent improvement and you do that one time in sales a hundred percent and you do something in operations, you do something in finance. The result is you've got more people standing in line for your product or service. It sells faster. It can be delivered more profitably and you can scale it quicker. It's basically impossible for your business not to grow at that point in time. So, so the trick is finding one thing in each of those four quadrants that you can a hundred X, huh? Make exactly. it better. Exactly. And when I say a hundred, a hundred uh, percent improvement, I mean you can consider that two X or more, right? So I know people like to talk about ten X or twenty X, uh-huh. but uh, in my mind, I say keep it reasonable. Just, just double it, right? Just, just double the number of leads you get. Just double the profitability. Just double your output for the day. You know, if you just do that in all four areas, 
as long as you've got a good company and a good team and good people, it can really make a difference for your business. Right, right, right. So, so what what are you excited about in the next six to nine months? I'm really excited about the the, the metaverse. I'm really excited about um, this virtual reality world that's being created because it's a new blend of productivity and things that a lot of us are now a lot more comfortable with, like working from home (laughs) in the past year. And it's a new way to harness technology. Now, virtual reality and glasses, I mean, I'm sure we all can give examples. It's been around for years in a way, right? Uh, People have been trying to do it for maybe even up to 10 years. But as of this year, there's really been an inflection point where Facebook, which is now Meta, and some really big companies like Magic Leap and others have really pushed the needle on the hardware to where it's actually usable. So personally, that's one thing that I'm really watching for is uh, this new world that's being created, which is which is ultimately virtual reality. Well, one of the, I was reading a story just the other day in uh, Wired uh, magazine, and and it said it said you know that virtual reality is something we've been promised uh, again and again and again. He said Oculus was this this huge, uh, exciting possibility. And yes, he says there have been some improvements in in the goggles, improvements in in. Uh, but he said we haven't seen anything that we're really promised. What do you think is getting in the way? I think there is a um, uh, an inflection point of hardware catching up to the need and the demand. You know, uh, I see a lot of businesses that started at the wrong time, and then somebody started that exact same business later, um, and it worked. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. I remember going to, to London probably eight or nine years ago and seeing what we now know, candidly, as Instacart, right, as a food delivery. Right. And everybody seemingly in England was using it, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, I came back. I said, this is phenomenal. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going to start a food delivery company. And I looked, and I, I couldn't tell you the name of it, but it, it may have even been affiliated with Amazon possibly, but it's public record. There's a company that tried it that same year, and I think they spent almost a billion dollars, $800 million, and failed miserably. Guess what? Last year, <laughs> pandemic hits. <laughs> Everybody's thinking differently. Um you know, my wife and I, we signed up for food delivery. A lot of our friends signed up for food delivery. And, right. you know, here we are seven years later where the tech has now met up with the need. And, and to go back to your question, I think that we're seeing the same thing is now the need of working remote and working with teams has caught up and maybe is intersecting with the hardware as well as the backbone of the internet. Interesting. Well, uh, I was really, uh, pleased to see that uh, we are taking seriously this last mile for the internet for people all around the country. Uh, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I mean, you talk about growing up without electricity. Uh, uh, You know, people grew up without, uh, without telephones and and it was only the privileged few that, that could use telephones. Uh, And, 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 and likewise, we have this hollow, we have these hollow spaces around the country where Internet's really very, very sketchy. Yes. And and so I was really pleased to see that we're going to bring all these folks online in addition to creating jobs for people who are 
putting in that, uh, you know, the the internet infrastructure around the country. Absolutely. I think that's going to make a big difference. I think it will too. So actually, I'm involved pretty heavily in a project right now um, that's supporting that. And one thing about that low Earth orbit satellite is it is yes. it's fantastic, by the way, right? Um, uh, uh, Starlink, and there's a number of mainstream vendors that, that are involved in various projects. Is satellites are still relatively lossy um, because you're still communicating over a long distance. And so there's a company that I'm involved with here in Tampa that has figured out how to accelerate internet for low bandwidth situations like that. And so we've actually packaged that up in in a product called Red Velvet. We did a little Indiegogo campaign a couple months ago um, and Red Velvet's a box that can plug and actually make that more usable. And it's been really fun. We talked about some achievements is we actually just had a couple of those boxes land in Africa last week because that's a big need in third world countries is being able to make internet more usable, but it's also a product that makes a big difference here in America across the rural, rural Midwest mountains. Well, my wife and I did, uh, you know, have done a lot of work in the villages in Alaska, in the interior of Alaska. And, and one of the things, I mean, we, we did that for uh, 13 years. And so back in the beginning, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, one of the things that I wanted to do was help them get internet connection, and which we did through HughesNet. Sure. Nevertheless, it was very slow. Very slow. So is that something that Red Velvet could help with? It can. It it depends on the actual use case, but it can make a huge difference, like 100% improvement or more, uh, so 2x or more, simply by optimizing the satellite link. So... Is that is that something's independent of the provider? It is. Yeah, so we've actually shrunk it down and talked about, you know, innovation with technology. I don't know that it would have been possible years ago, but we actually have a running on a six-inch box that you plug one cable into the satellite and one cable into your local network, and it will automatic, automatically optimize and, uh, and make that two times faster or more. Is that available now? It's available right now. Absolutely. Where, where do we find it? Red, redvelvet.systems. www.redvelvet.systems. Redvelvet.systems. Maybe we can get some for the um, the villages up there. My wife is working with uh, online training for them. Uh, and 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 one of the one of the issues is that internet is is choppy and slow. So that would be interesting. I would love that. You know, it's a bit of a passion project to me because um, it's a really, I love seeing technology make an impact on lives. And I realize that sounds a little bit cliche, Uh but I get less joy, if you will, from helping a uh, $500 million business make an extra $50 million than I do um, like what we're talking about today is harnessing you know, very cutting edge technology, but make it usable to where kids can actually learn. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, an orphanage can actually get on the internet and do what they need to be able to do. Um, and that, that's really fun to, to see that gap bridge via technology and business. Well, uh, redvelvetsystems.com does not bring up a site. 
Uh, j just red velvet dot systems. www. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. All right. Let's see. Red velvet dot system systems plural. Systems plural. Yes, sir. All right. Here we are. Satellite internet acceleration order now. Wow, eight hundred bucks. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, I am going to take a look at that, see what we can yeah, do. And we can talk offline too. We'll get get one or more for the, the villages in, in Alaska. Um, you know, we're trying to trying to bring the cost down as much as we can. You know, just for, for comparison, what this technology does before um, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but from what I know is this yes. is typically about a $40,000 box, right? Ah, Meaning if ah. you were going to, uh, in years past, right? In years past, if you were going to put this on a cargo ship at sea, um, you, you would you would need to spend a ton of money, right? It's just not something that was something you could send to a third world country. Right. Um, so we, we brought the cost down, obviously, massively, and we think we can bring it down even more. More people that that support it, you know. Well, I, I think that that's really a critical thing. At least where where my my wife is, uh, you know, we're both priests in the Episcopal Church, and uh, uh, she is working with the presiding bishop staff for the Episcopal Church. And her her task is uh, the she is the um, coordinator for theological education for indigenous people in the church, and so. A lot of her work is with people in these internet, uh, internet uh, what uh, dark places of the internet, and and so this might be something very helpful for for them, and particularly right now in Alaska, where where she is, uh, they're delivering delivering online training to folks, and, and and the problem the problem is not just delivering the training because that could be done with a DVD or just downloading it overnight but for live live meetings like what we're having right now that's where it gets very sketchy and difficult absolutely, absolutely. so does this does this also make it more robust and and more dependable you know it's not going to alter what's there so i, I do want to be full disclosure i mean there there has to be a good a good satellite with good line of sight uh -huh. um, I would say that it alters the the usability, meaning that uh -huh. that one could get quite frustrated simply logging into a website without optimized internet. Right, right. Um, and so this changes the effective utilization of that satellite link Good. naturally, like Good. by a hundred percent or more. Excellent. Well, that that's a fun thing. We can certainly yeah. talk about that. So, so. All of these pieces that are aiming at helping us to to I don't think it's shrinking the world. I think it's allowing us to be more deeply involved with the world. I mean, I, I don't feel like uh, the distance between Tampa and Laguna Beach has has, has gotten uh, shorter because of uh, Zoom. But I do believe that is allowing us to have this kind of conversation at a very uh, high quality, uh, not touch, but certainly a high quality of uh, involvement in, in conversation. And so to me, it, it makes the world a deeper place, a more meaningful place. I agree. I think you're 100% you're right. It's, it's, it's making a big difference from that perspective.
Well, you know, growing up in a, a third world country, right? For you, what would you say your venue is? Is it just the United States now, or do you have a a, a, a global a global set a, a global network that you work with? What what uh, where are you in in terms of that kind of expansion? That's a really good question. I mean, certainly. I would probably think of it as a, as a ripple effect in a pond. I mean, there's no doubt um, that I'm the most involved here in Tampa. Okay. Uh, you know, this is where my family is. I've been here for, for quite a while now. And so a lot of the entrepreneurs and leaders that I work with are, are, are here. Um, from there, you know, I, 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 I'm involved in a variety of things that are, that are nationwide or nationwide clients. And I'll jump on an airplane or, or do video calls like this. Um, and then international, you know, I'm not traveling internationally right now. I don't know that a lot of us are, <laughs> at least in the past couple of years, uh, even though I, I love traveling internationally, I have a lot in the past. Uh, so I've got a lesser involvement overseas, but, uh, even something like red velvet, being able to, to send a couple units to Africa, um, within the past two weeks is something that's really tangibly making a difference in other countries right now. So. Well, I just find that, that it's, it's so interesting that it's, I mean, for instance, using uh, using LinkedIn to you know to search for people that I'd like to talk to, sure. and and then coming up with somebody from India, and having a great conversation sure. with India, and 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 realizing that this this particular person I was talking with has a great network in India that he wants to introduce me to, sure, and 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 then also uh, being part of a you know, part of a, a a group that started in England, but has people all around the world that that are are really attempting to uh, create a, a network of a hundred people who are, are very much involved with each other. Now, that to me is a whole deepening thing that I haven't seen before. Now, certainly have seen lots of companies using the resources of India or. Uh, uh, the Philippines to get jobs done cheaper, sure. but but I'm not I'm not aware of uh, of uh, networks for for people like you and me just to build deeper relationships with people without having a particular thing to do. Have you have you seen many of those? That's your next uh, business idea. Well, <laughs> we'll combine satellite and virtual reality and, and, and meaningful relationships. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point. I don't know that there is one authority. I mean, certainly LinkedIn has really changed the world from that perspective. Um, yes. Uh, I've been able to, um, like you, come across some just absolutely brilliant, well-connected people overseas, even within the past couple months. Um, to build into them, encourage them, share ideas. And uh, I think LinkedIn has been a, a pretty interesting conversation platform. Uh, absolutely. I don't know that there is a, an authority um, uh, to, your, to your point, but uh, you know, LinkedIn and Zoom are, are and, and probably Facebook or Meta now is, is pretty impactful as well, right? And, and I, I think, I think we're, we're kind of stumbling into this. I mean, we, the COVID, the COVID constraints certainly forced us to take responsibility in a whole different way. Uh, you know, if, when, when the checks stopped from the companies that had closed, uh, 
if if people didn't take responsibility for themselves and go do something to bring in the money for the rent and for the food on the table, they weren't going to survive. <laughs> and, and likewise, in, in doing that, not being able to leave the house, but needing to communicate, I think we're stumbling into new possibilities. It's almost like taking walls down in a house and not really realizing that we have that extra space there yet, but we're beginning to kind of tentatively walk into it because really the conversations like we're having right now, there's no reason we can't have these kind of conversations around the world. There are two kinds of entrepreneurs, those who run their business and those whose business runs them. If you've lost control of your business, consider running on EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. EOS is used by more than 100,000 companies to clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. Stop letting your business run you and start running your business. Schedule a free 90-minute meeting with an EOS implementer at EOSWorldwide.com. That's EOSWorldwide.com. Well, we're going to give you one quick thought here that uh, plays into what we've been talking about here today. Our two hosts have lived extraordinary lives and been extraordinary entrepreneurs, and Robert White, certainly one of them. He mentors extraordinary entrepreneurs and executives just like you, people who want better results from their leadership performance. He shows them how to turn those results into increased personal joy and satisfaction as well. Robert founded and led two large training industry success stories. He's been there and done that. And his experience will help you find and achieve that extraordinary success you seek in your life. So why wait? Reach out and see what Robert can do for you today. Just email him at robert at extraordinarypeople.com. Robert at extraordinarypeople.com. And start living the extraordinary life you've earned. And now back to our show. So we were talking about this, this this kind of global possibility that is not just a it's not just an intellectual thing anymore. Uh, it's sort of like learning how to use a telephone and then learning how to use a cell phone. Uh, we can literally have this quality conversation with anybody in the world. Absolutely. And that's, that's one reason why I'm excited about the, the virtual reality, you know, metaverse, if you will, Web 3.0, is that um, this is fantastic, by the way, right? Um, but the, it's interesting to think of what this would look like even a year from now if uh, everybody, even tuning in, had those glasses and could all be around the table together. Um, and, and could we have this level of video quality, but in three dimensions? And that's kind of where I'm excited to see where things tend to, to go for, because at that point, it doesn't matter if we're one mile away from each other or a thousand miles away, um, that quality interaction just gets better and better and better. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing. Just amazing. I don't think we've even begun to, to see the, the extent to which our conversations can be expanded globally and and then our relationships are deepened i i it, you know on a scale of 100 i think we're about 20 percent right now absolutely absolutely we talked about sending a couple of boxes red velvet boxes to to 
Africa. I, I know about your background, so I know that you've got a heart for helping folks. So what are the kind of projects that, that you've been involved with? Um, from from a, uh, a business standpoint or, or nonprofit or all the above? Nonprofit, uh, places where you've seen needs and that you are, are, are working to um, solve some of the problems, meet some of the needs? Sure, I mean, the, the satellite one is certainly one right now um, uh, from the nonprofit and, and global perspective is getting getting enough bandwidth and getting enough internet to people that really need it. Um, yeah, I've got a variety of, of clients as well as projects I'm personally involved with where people are really trying to make a, a tangible difference in a specific area. Um, maybe uh, in medical, you know, some medical, uh, some component of medical or using technology to um, create better outcomes for patients or helping to uh, lower the cost of healthcare. Um, I've got some clients trying to tackle augmented reality. So augmented reality is overlaying data on top of real life, which is different, right? It's a different different uh, use case. You know, it's more applicable for a, a fighter jet pilot or a car, whereas virtual reality is let's have a meeting or solve something. Um, there's a variety of projects where people are, are taking virtual reality to the medical field, being able to do training. So if you can imagine being able to teach an operating procedure where uh, maybe you're an esteemed doctor on, on something that uh, is highly, highly practical. I'm a student. I could be on the other side of the world. And if we could combine technology and encryption and compression and glasses or whatever it is, I could learn that procedure from you as if I was right there doing that specific medical procedure. So, um, you know, some things I can talk more freely about, some things I can't, but um, I love what I do because I feel like I talk to a wide and, and diverse idea set of entrepreneurs, even on a daily and weekly basis. So what do you think fun, you know, what, you, what is it that drives entrepreneurs in your experience? The first thing that comes to mind is not wanting to have a job. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, hate the idea of working for somebody else eight hours per day and would rather work for themselves, even if it means half the wages and, and working 20 hours a day, right? I think I said the joke is <laughs> um, you work a whole lot more hours and sometimes you make a whole lot less money. Um, but I, th I think maybe more on a, on a practical and serious note, it's around solving a problem. It's getting out there and really seeing a need that you're passionate about and getting behind it. And um, one thing that I love chatting with early stage entrepreneurs about is you can make money doing anything. You really can. Um, and I think that applies not just with, with the profit side, but also the nonprofit making a difference is, is if you are passionate about something, get laser focused on it, clarify that there's even a small subset of people that need that solution, profit or nonprofit, and specialize in that specific buyer persona. And I talk a lot about laser focus with people is, there's really three things, right? There's your, your buyer persona, who's gonna stand in line for your entrepreneurial idea. The second one is your messaging, is don't change your messaging. Um, I, I run a marketing growth agency as well. And um, you know, I, I, I tell people I can save them 
tons of money per year simply by that concept of don't change what you're doing too often. If you figure out how to articulate what your business does, what you stand for, and how you do it, I'll save you a ton of money in consulting. <laughs> Just don't change it, right? Stay constant with it. Um, and the third one is, is laser focusing and, and getting very specific around the product or service. And that's one thing we talked about achievements. I mean, one thing that I achieved with, with one business that I sold was a complete accident because I was trying to do too many things at once. And I ended up narrowing down my focus um, with some advice or some very wise people and ultimately ended up with a very specialized business with a product that 99% of people had never heard of before. Right. But there was a huge um, revenue opportunity around that product. And I loved it to try to encourage other entrepreneurs to simply think the same way. So do you think everybody or anybody could become an entrepreneur? I do believe so. I, I do believe so. Um, I... I've read statistics, uh, and I'll say this with a smile on my face, that there's really only about 5% of Americans that are crazy like me. Yes. Uh, probably only 5% of people that have a, um, an irresistible passion to, to not fail, if you will, and just constantly innovate. So I think there is the weirdos, maybe. Maybe I'm one of those weirdos. But I think anybody can become an entrepreneur. Anybody can make money doing anything simply by harnessing what they're passionate about, what they're good at, and staying focused on it. And uh, I, I meet people every single week who maybe they're not as weird as I am, but they still have figured out how to make four, five, six, seven figures a year simply by being an entrepreneur and, and sticking with sharing a product or service that they are, they're really good at and that there's a big need for. What was coming to my mind was, that there are a number of people who are resigning their jobs right now. You're aware of that, right? There are some numbers as big as just in August. Yeah. I think. Yeah. If, uh, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% different statistics, but lots of people are just saying I'm through. Right. What do you make of that? Well, I think it's going to create a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I think it's going to uh, potentially, add a lot more people into the entrepreneurial workforce that are coming out of the, the big corporate America. And from my vantage point, what I see is it's already affecting the large corporations as the large corporations are seeing that attrition and seeing people leave, but you've got businesses popping up at a, at a, at a amazing and, and exciting rate for me. I love seeing it. Yeah. Do you think that's going to change the way that, uh, companies attract or attempt to attract or recruit, um, uh, you know, and maintain and uh, uh, motivate their people? I definitely do. You know, there's even some statistics coming out that, that the impact of COVID on employees in the workforce has drastically changed um, people's assess how passion, passionate they are about the mission of the company. Uh -huh. And I may be off a few few points on my statistics, so uh, so forgive me. But there's something to the effect of management in a big company. Eighty-five percent of senior leadership are passionate about the purpose of why the company exists. Uh -huh. But at the front line of a big company, maybe only fifteen to eighteen percent of the employees in the front line staff are even passionate about what the company 
is there for and what they exist to do. And uh, that's what we're seeing with, with COVID is some of those big Fortune 100, Fortune 1000, Global 1000 businesses that they're having to take a very serious look about who their high performers are, how they retain their performers via incentives, um, via, uh, quite frankly, passion. You know, are we, why, why do we exist and why should you stay here making a difference? Because uh, you know, exactly the reason we're talking about today is you can leave the workforce and go start your own business that you're 100% passionate about. Employee shortage is not just for the Fortune 1000. Uh, I've got many clients uh, in a 10 to 250 employee range who are suffering with the same struggle with people aren't coming back to work here. Now, one of the things that I wonder is, I mean, are you familiar with the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System? I am. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so a lot of the conversation, a lot of the, tra- I'm a uh, implementer for EOS. So a lot of the, the, a lot of the training has to do with how a great company works. That's sure. what the book Traction is about, is about how to make this work. And, and, and recently, Gino just published a book called uh, the EOS life. And, and, uh, you know, what, what, uh, I think is this is the why. And I wonder if, if when companies use this and implement the EOS life as part of their reason for being that it might change the way that they can attract people. The EOS life is five things. It's, only doing what you love doing, and I'll bet that's something you do all the time, right? Absolutely. All right. Only do what I love doing. I uh, am doing it with people that I love. I'm making a great contribution, not only to myself and to my company, but to the world. I'm doing something significant. I'm getting compensated appropriately, and I have plenty of time left over for my Uh, my other passions. Now, you and I can see how valuable that is. When a company says, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to have $150 million or $50 million in revenue. My question to them is how, you know, that might be really uh, motivating for you, but when you think down to the button pushers and the the nail drivers and the uh, you know the the wrench turners, how motivating is that for them? And they and people realize it's it's not motivating to them at all. Exactly. But what if you said one of the reasons for this b- business to be here and one of the reasons for you to work with us is. By that 10 years, 100% of the people in this company will be living this EOS life or have a clear path toward it. Do you think that would make a difference? I do think it would make a difference. Um, I found this, uh, I found the quote for the, the, it's Gallup, by the way, that mentioned that that, um, nearly two thirds of US based employees are said that COVID 19 has caused them to reflect on their purpose in life. Uh huh. and McKinsey says that meaning and passion, exactly what you're just referencing, according to McKinsey, that that has an impact on work and life that's five times more powerful than any other dimension. So uh, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's that's my hobby horse is is getting companies to believe that and to learn how to implement that for the entire workforce. And, and you know, we're gonna we will be we predict we'll be uh, EOS will be uh, being used in uh, over a hundred thousand companies by 2030. And and so if we can also in in the process of teaching them how to use this system, we can also inspire them to, you know, to commit to getting every employee into that path of leading the EOS life. I think that, you know, just a hundred thousand, you assume that, uh, you know, 50 people was uh, the average number of employees. That's 5 million people, not counting their families that are going to be impacted in the next nine years. Absolutely. That's incredible. I think that's going to make a huge impact and, and change. Absolutely. And, and if we can do it with, uh, with uh, uh, virtual reality, <laughs> make it even more exciting. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Super. Well, this has been a great fun, Brian. I, I'm so glad uh, to, to have met you and, and have the conversation. And, and uh, let's, let's stick around and see what we can do with uh, some of the villages in Alaska with uh, Red Velvet, huh? We should. Let's, let's get them a box and we'll uh, we'll circle back in a couple months and see how it made a difference on, on what they do. Good. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? So um, my platform is uh, is modernscale.co and uh, I'm I'm on, on social media. Uh, if you look for me, the, the best place to look, go is brians360.com B-R-I-A-N the letter S 360.com and uh, my, my Twitter profiles and email and everything is available there for anyone that's referenced. Um, ModernScale.co has a, a variety of uh, resources, even this week and next week. I'm, I'm updating the site, so there's some, a couple of paid things, but I'm putting some more free resources on there as well. And then uh, even some of the things we talked about today, too, um, uh, we've put up uh, a bunch of resources on Odigo.academy. Uh, Odigo stands for leadership in Greek, and uh, it's just www.odigo.academy uh, for anybody who's looking at uh, retaining employees, getting into the entrepreneurial side. If you want to know what the best the best are doing, um, there's some great resources there too. So, good. All right. Well, this has been wonderful, Brian. Uh, and, Thank and- you for having me. It's been a blast. Well, and, and what, what Robert and I are both finding is that there are so many great conversations to be had with people who are not so famous yet. Well, there you have it. Another great example of why you got to tune in. Over here, some conversations with maybe some not-so-famous but real achievers like our guest today. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. 